Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and relax. And let everything else that's going on in your life, whatever you're thinking about, if you need to write something down, put something aside, step away from something, just make yourself available to God in your soul and in your body. Your spirit's already there. You don't need to worry about your true identity. But let your soul relax into your spirit. Let your body relax into your soul. Just be with him. You don't have to get his attention. You don't need to pray. You don't need to talk to him. Just be with him. Be yourself with him. Let your soul be what it is in his presence. Remember, God already knows everything about you. He arranged the circumstances in your life that have brought you to this moment in time. So there's nothing that's a surprise to him. And he's using every circumstance, every aspect of your life for your good. Now, his ways are not our ways. He does things on his own terms. He does things his way. He's the God. We're learning to let him be the God and not telling him what to do or what, you know, how, how he's supposed to make change to circumstances, how he's supposed to perform on demand how he's supposed to even reveal himself or change us or heal us. We do have a tendency to tell God what to do. God is doing exactly what he wants to do. We are right on track, right on time. And I just, on that note, I want to touch back on something we talked about, I believe a couple of weeks ago, about... Uh, an example, I gave you an illustration about a dream that my friend had had, and she was trying to get all her friends and everybody associated that she knew of. She posted it online, emailed people, put it on Facebook, of course, had it written out, was passing it around in the office. It was very important to her, and she really needed an answer. And so she was looking for that answer. Now, of course, she got tons of responses. And people would have her over and explain to her, you know, item per item what was in her dream and what it meant. And she, at the end, she pointed out to me one time, you know, I've noticed you're not really interested in that. And I just said, you know, I have a different take on this. Says. So would you like to look into my take, my different take? And she said, well, sure. So we, you know, I, I walked her through the simple process of, 
first asking, is this dream from God? And the answer was yes. And the next answer was, the next question was, well, what is this? Is, is this about something in the dream? And the answer was basically no. And I, you know, I asked my friend, what's going on? You know, is there something else that you've been asking God? What is the real question? Is there a real question here? And she said, yes, I, I need to know what I'm supposed to do about a particular situation. And I said, well, have you asked God that, what that particular question is? And she said, well, of course, and he's not answering. I said, well, well, maybe he is. Let's let's ask him very specifically which, you know, um, what what the answer to your question is. And we did, and it turns out God told her, you know, it didn't matter to him that she could make either one of those choices and both were, were, were fine with him. And I think that was pretty much where we ended, that it wasn't the dream that held the answer, but paying attention to God was holding the answer. And she was looking for the answer to be one of the options she was giving him. And when she was locked into, it's either one of those choices that had to be the answer it blocked out another option. So that's one thing I just want to make sure we all understand, that that very often we aren't getting clarity because we are only, we are limiting how and what, how God can respond, what he can respond. But an even more important thing I want to get through is how much stress this caused that my friend was spending, I mean, this went on for weeks, and she was spending so much time and energy, and there were times when she couldn't sleep. She was so stressed out about getting the right answer, the right answer to know what God wanted her to do, to get the right interpretation for that dream so she would know she was right in the center of God's will. It turns out all along, that it was her choice, that God didn't have a preference. Either one was fine with him. And all that time and all that energy and all that stress that made it even harder to to rest and relax and accept that God loved her so much that he wasn't going to let her make a choice that was going to damage God's plan for her. She was hearing him already clear enough. Her only issue was she was only giving God choice, two choices. So he had to find another way to get her attention. And that's all that dream was. And I could tell you the dream, I, I still remember a lot of it. It had nothing to do with the actual issue that she was dealing with. And God does that. Very often, he will put us in a situation that has nothing to do with what we think we're struggling with. 
And it's because we get so stressed out emotionally, physically, soulically. Our flesh, our soul just gets all those bad habits just kick in and keep us from relaxing and going, God, am I missing something? God, am I missing something? I'm only giving you, it's got to be choice A or choice B, job A or job B, move A or move B, marry this person or not, or marry that person or not. Maybe just wait a while. Maybe you're just not ready. Maybe there's another choice. Maybe there's no choice. Very often, and this is part of what his, what his purpose is for us right now, is to develop good judgment, a confidence that we are hearing from him and that he is trustworthy to direct our steps. Make a decision. If my friend had just made a decision, she would have found out, you know, I don't want to do that after all. And she would have made the other choice. Likewise, if she had made the other choice, she might have found, ah, this feels right. I, this is good. I like this. So the choice might not have had anything to do with what God wanted for her. But her spirit was connecting with her soul and was letting her know, this is what's best for you. And our soul is being integrated back into our spirit. And as a spirit being, we are learning through that process how our soul is meant to connect with our spirit, what it looks like to have our soul properly connected to our spirit. Remember, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, your thinker, your chooser, and your feeler. Now, those are all part of, that's, you know, what makes life worth living here on this earth. We want to value our mind, how we think, and that we think at all. Our, our will, that we choose, that we, we are a part of, we are partaking in our life. We are not just passive. We are not just floating through this world. And then, of course, our feelings. Feelings are like our emotions. Our, our emotions, our feelers, are like the color in our life, the music, the, the enjoyment. So God put all those three in our soul, but they've developed such bad habits that we are often deceived and we miss out on the rest and the peace that comes from simply letting God connect our soul to our spirit. And we want to control, we want to force answers. We want to, to control how God works in our lives. We want to control our own circumstances. We want to control our options. And we think that the more, the closer we get to God, whatever that is, the more our soul is integrated into spirit, into our spirit, the less flexibility we'll have because we'll be in the center of God's will and we'll be disciplined and we'll be, 
right where, where it's supposed to be all the time, we'll know exactly the right choice, when in actuality it's the opposite that's going to happen. The more your soul returns to union with your spirit, the freer your mind will become, the freer your emotions will become, and the freer your will will become. You will experience feelings and emotions that you've never experienced before. Colors and peace and joy, music that you've never experienced before. Even think about when people have experiences of heaven. All the, you know, the music, I've never heard anything like it. I've never seen colors like that. I've never felt peace like that. Well, there's no, that's now, that's available now. Heaven is not something we experience after death. It's just a part of the supernatural realm where our soul dwells. It's available now. But because we're saying, well, no, you know, we are, we are limiting our soul to what our, our own control, our own bad habits allow ourselves to feel. Likewise, our thinking. We talk about revelation. Revelation is simply experiencing with acknowledgement what we already know in our spirit. Your spirit never experiences revelation because your spirit already knows everything. Your spirit's already part of God. But when we are trying to control self for self-preservation, what we think, you know, we, we often, Christians often stifle creativity instead of exactly the opposite. Let that creativity, let the thoughts, let them go. God will bring back what needs to be brought back. God will bring back every thought captive to your spirit, not to your soul, to your spirit. And how infinite is your spirit? How infinitely creative is your spirit? So we bring it captive, bring every thought captive, not to trap it, but so that it is free to be united with that eternal creativity. Likewise, our emotions, we don't rely on our emotions to tell us how we're doing, but we value our emotions enough to let them be reunited with our spirit so that we experience joy and peace and love and comfort and excitement in a, in a way that we never thought possible. And then one of the big hang-ups Christians have is the whole idea of being in the center of God's will, our chooser. We think that we have this thing called free will, that God's going to hold us accountable for doing the right thing. You know, for, for choosing him, for choosing salvation, when reality is that your soul, your will is not free until it's restored into union with your spirit. Right now, your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions is in process to becoming free. But it's not free now. Right now, you do not have a free will. You do not have a free mind. You do not have free emotions. They're all under 
the in the clutches of your bad habits. And we all have bad habits. We we inherited some, we've developed some because you know for for self preservation from the life the the environment we're living in, the life we have, the history we have, the consequent the circumstances we're in. The thing is, is God knows that God created those circumstances for our good. And his desire, his his goal for you is that your mind, will, and emotions would be united, returned, reunited with your spirit. Then they will be free. Because freedom is not being separate from something. It's being restored to its rightful place in your spirit, in Christ. Again, the body just follows along. But this is where we get so stressed out. We think that if we're, if we're feeling something negative, if we're sad, if we're angry, if we're frustrated, that's a bad emotion that must mean we're disconnected from God. We're missing God somewhere. We're not pleasing him. And then when we're feeling happy, we figure, oh, you know, God's happy with us. We, we're right in the center of his will. We're doing what he wants. When really what we're doing is we're interpreting according to the wrong standards. You can be in the middle of depression and in the middle of victory. There's only one way to find out. Ask God. God, I'm feeling down about this. Does it mean something? You know, what we find is so many of our choices, so many of our feelings, so so many of our uh, thoughts are connected to what's going on in the physical realm. A bad job, a bad day at our work, you know, bad bad traffic. You know, we come home and something's going on at, at home that upsets us. How we, how we are taking care of ourselves. We're not getting enough sleep. You know, they canceled our favorite program. It can be anything. And our body affects our soul, and we misinterpret it. And here's what I want you to say next time that happens. Thank you, God. That's how we respond first, and first second, and third all the time. Thank you. What's going on? Is this something you want to talk to me about? Because when we learn that habit, when we learn that pattern, every opportunity that comes into our lives is enriching, is reuniting our spirit soul, our body and our soul to our spirit. The spiritual realm contains the supernatural realm, which contains our solical realm, which contains our body, our natural realm. All things are in spirit. So everything that affects your soul is already a part of the spiritual realm. Everything that affects your natural body, uh, your natural world, your natural life, is already in your spiritual realm not free to operate without interference. 
Your body is not free. Your soul is not free. It's all in the spiritual realm, but it's not free to operate on it without interference. We've got all these bad habits, all these crutches, all these wounds. You know, there's two kinds of world, people in the world, those that have been rejected and those that have, that have been rejected more. So God is doing 99% of the work that needs to be done. And we should just let him do that. Let him do what he needs to do. What do we do in the meantime? We can work on the 1% and start becoming familiar with the soul that God has given us. We learn about our temperament, how our will works. And how do we do that? We exercise it. We learn how it works. We we make decisions. We we aren't afraid of feeling experience, you know, experiencing different emotions. It's okay to be sad, it's okay to be angry, it's okay to be happy. Through that process a lot of healing is likely to take place. When you start feeling free to choose either A or B, you're going to start going, hmm, what do I want? And you're going to start finding out your your will, that there's a lot more to it than you thought. It's not It's not something that is going to be trapped in your soul and and under God's thumb, your will will set you free. Your emotions are part of freedom. Those whom God sets free are free indeed. Your thoughts, again, revelation, we think, oh, that's a big thing. God is eternally creative, and he wants us to enjoy that with him. And when we're afraid of thinking new things, of challenging what we believe, challenging what we're taught. You know, even the, the, you know, the, the homework I've given, think about the supernatural realm, what it might be like. Think about what, what do angels do all day? What do demons do all day? What's the difference between the two? They're both under God's control. Why do they see themselves the way we see them? Does time operate the same way in the supernatural realm? Your spirit has answers to all these questions. But what's really helpful is to get out from under the stress of having to know what the answer is. Because that's not what's important. Important is enjoying the process being one with God, letting him be the God, letting him order your steps. Now, even, you know, these, we all have big crises in our lives. But when we can remember that, that God has purposed those crises, not just allowed, you know, we, we get this idea, oh, he's got this permissive will. He's got a perfect will and a permissive will. God does not have, you know, different levels of perfection. You know, like the, we get into backsliding. No, if you're either living or dead in your spirit, 
And if you are born again, you are in Christ. You are in the kingdom. You have received all the eternal life you're ever going to get. Now, we're all on our own path. But we carry a lot more stress than we need to. And it's mostly become because we're trying to be perfect. We're trying to figure out what God wants us to do and be and then be it. And God's saying, instead of trying to figure out what I want and then trying to do and be it, why don't you just be who and what you are? And I'll change what needs to be changed. So think about when Jesus was walking around. He spent time with his father all the time. But especially he'd set aside a certain time. Probably he'd think, of, you know, what's gonna, what am I going to do today? Where do I go? What do I need to be on the lookout for? And I don't know whether he got specific direction or, or guidance, but he knew when he needed information, it would be there. Not because he had supernatural gifts all operating, though he did, but because he had confidence in God's love for him, his father's love for him. He knew by experience how much his father loved him and that his father was not going to let him make a misstep. that he could rely on his father, even though he knew what was coming. He knew it would be worth it. He knew it was for our good and his good. It wasn't to please his father. God honors himself. God glorifies himself. He doesn't need your help in that department. the more we can let him be the God and let him heal and expand and free our mind, our will, and our emotions, the more he is free to do that healing work that needs to be done, that work of restoration, of redemption, of reconciliation, of restoration. He restores my soul. To what? To its original relationship with my spirit. In all its complexities. So he is restoring your will. Not to, uh, you know, what we think, oh, we're always going to know what we're supposed to do. No. But your, your will will be free to receive from your spirit. Your mind will be free rather than to just think the right things, but to be free to receive from spirit. And your emotions, instead of always being happy, your emotions, your feelings are free to receive whatever's going on in your spirit. So we're in the process of that. And unfortunately, like even the homework that we've been talking about Dreams, dream interpretation, or a word of wisdom, or ask the Lord what three things, you know, you want me to focus on, or praying for ourselves. 
if you have a physical illness, physical issue or financial issue, relationship issue, those three big things that God uses to get our attention. Skip the the actual issue and go right to, okay, Lord, you have my attention. Now what? I'm making myself available. Do whatever it is you need to do. Do I need even need to know about it? Most of the time we don't. Let him do what he wants to do. But we get, this is our problem, is we get so stressed out about expectations. Expectations others have put on us and expectations that we have put on ourselves. So start there. You, There's no such thing as what we've been taught as being in the perfect center of God's will. Because you already are. Same way. Having your 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 mind perfectly restored, you're perfectly your mind keeping your mind set on him, it's already there. Your emotions, keeping you know, staying in peace, you know, and joy and love and always having the fruit. You're already there. You're just not experiencing it. And stressing out and trying harder is not going to make it work. And what does what do we do with bad habits? We will continue them as long as they work. So God lets them fail. He will let your stressful attempts at figuring out his will, he will let them fail. And he will let you go around that mountain over and over and over again until you're exhausted. And you finally say, God, I don't get it. And God says, finally. Now, come unto me, all you who labor, and I will give you rest. The answer to labor is not the right labor or more labor or harder labor or better tools. It's rest. So we will be picking it up there in one way, shape, or form next time. Feel free to give me a, drop me a line at diane at org or through Blog Talk Radio, or through the website at therainersclub.org. Otherwise, I'll be getting back in touch with you same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.